Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will empower and inspire you. All right, Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 is where we're going to begin our reading this morning. We have a new series we're launching into, and it's entitled In Essence, or subtitled What Really Matters. And we're going to be talking about, over the next three Sundays, how to find what really matters in life, and to live our lives in line with what really matters, instead of in line with all the other trivial stuff that can threaten to consume our lives. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, is our theme text for the series. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and she said, Lord, Doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being worried about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset about all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. We've got two sisters in this story and we've got two responses. Our text tells us that Jesus arrives at a home and when Jesus gets to the home, He begins to speak. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna say that if Jesus is speaking, that is indeed one of life's greatest opportunities. We were talking with our kids over the summer and talking to them about when God speaks and Samuel who learned to hear the voice of God and explaining to our children afresh the importance of a moment, the crucial moments when God begins to speak to us. And I want you to know, my friends, that not only do Mary and Martha have an opportunity presented to them when Jesus is beginning to speak, but so you and I in our lives are constantly walking through the minutes, hours, days, weeks, and months that make up the totality of our lives. And in the successions of time, there are moments for all of us when truly important things are taking place. Whether it be a moment when Jesus is speaking, a a time with God, a time for worship in our lives, like we've already experienced this morning. Maybe it's time with people that we love. Maybe a time to reflect or a moment to dream or time for key goals or, or for things that will grow us as people. Every single one of us is walking through the pages of our lives, experiencing key moments when God or life is wanting to give to us an opportunity for something truly important. And here we've got these two sisters presented with a truly important moment in their lives. 
And I think like these sisters, you and I all have these moments in our lives. And we find with these two sisters that the Scripture tells us Martha is distracted by all the work because of the big meal that she is preparing. Somehow Martha has decided that because Jesus is in the house, a certain level of hospitality is required. And because of this standard that she has imposed upon herself, She is unable to sit at the feet of Jesus to listen to what He is saying because something else is occupying her attention. There are are details that need to be taken care of. There is stuff that needs to get done. Now, if any intelligent person is to sit back in their chair this morning and to ask themselves the question, which is of greater importance? Hearing the Creator of the earth literally sitting in your lounge room, speaking to you in person or preparing yet another meal in order to look good in the eyes of all of the visitors that are in your home. There's no question, every single one of us is able to get some pretty quick clarity. Listen to Jesus, it's more important than the food. Yet the Bible tells us that Martha doesn't sit at the feet of Jesus. She chooses something else instead. In fact, the Bible says about it in clarity that Martha is distracted. Martha is distracted. When you begin to look at Martha's emotional makeup, we've got this woman who is angry. I mean, she's ticked off. I love this passage of Scripture because here we've got a woman coming from the kitchen and walking up to the Creator of the world, the Savior of the universe, and basically giving Him a little bit of, you know, she's like the Italian mama, like, you know, get that. You know, I mean, she's fired up, right? She is angry, you know. She is worried. She's worried, this woman. She's full of, of worry. She is overwhelmed. I bet she feels busy, and I bet she feels stressed. Now, if we were to ask for an honest show of hands and list these emotions off, anger, worry, busy, stress, uh, uh, overwhelmed, let's put our hands up and say, who in the last five days has felt one of those five descriptions? Put your hand up right now. We've got every hand in the room. I think we all like to think we're Martha. I mean, Mary. We all like to think we're Mary, but it's a lot easier to live your life, really. This is possibly one of the most challenging things that Jesus ever said. When Martha comes up to Jesus and she says, isn't it unfair that my sister just gets to sit there and listen to your voice while I am doing all the work? I think Jesus' response might be one of the most challenging things I've ever heard him say. Because he said to Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset by all these details, all these details, by all these little things that are in your life, by all your pop-up messages, by all, your, all the items on your to-do list, by, by every, every beep beep of your cell phone, by every societal pressure, by all of, the, all of the self-imposed goals you put on yourself, by all of the want to make yourself look good in the eyes of the Joneses. You are worried, you are stressed out about all this stuff, but only one thing is really important. One thing is really important. 
She's saying, if you look around your life right now, Martha, you're gonna find a whole lot of things that are competing for your attention. But when you actually begin to think about your life intelligently, honestly, and begin to ask yourself a different question, not what needs to get done, not what do I need to do, but if you would ask yourself a question in this moment, what actually really counts? What's the greatest utilization of my time? What's the thing that I could do in this moment, this window of time that would make me a better person for tomorrow? You would get a much different answer, Martha, to the answer you're giving yourself right now. And friends, I believe that in our lives, it is so easy to live our lives neglecting what is of real importance. There is only one thing, Martha, that is of real importance. Put it another way, there is only one thing, Martha, that is of real essence. And in our lives, there is a lot of stuff but it's, it's so crucial that we learn, no matter how young you are. When I started preparing this message, I thought, oh man, this is gonna really connect with the adults of our church. And then I realized as I was laughing, as I was thinking about my Instagram feed and how, you know, like sometimes I'll post things, you know, in the last evening of the night and then you wake up in the morning and, you know, I don't do this anymore, but back when Instagram was invented, sometimes I'd look at it as soon as I woke up and I'd see some teenager from our church had liked my photo at two o'clock in the morning. Do you know what I'm saying? And you suddenly start to realize that it's not just an adult, it starts incredibly young these days where you and I can just get caught up, caught up in a whole lot of doing, a whole lot of activity, a whole lot of busyness. And right in front of us, there is actually something that is of essence, something that is truly important about our lives can be staring us in the face. Yet we don't see it because we're just caught up in all the other stuff. And Jesus says to Martha, Martha, it's time for you to have a wake-up call. I don't care about the meal. I don't care about whether you look good. I don't care about all that other stuff. I'm here speaking right now. And if you would discipline yourself to shut off every other distraction and just lean into me, then you might get something in this moment that won't be gone from you tomorrow. Have you ever, ever stopped to think that a lot of the things in our lives that we truly think are important are totally unimportant. Ever stop to think about some of the things that we allow to occupy our time that in the longevity of our lives are not going to count for squat? And Jesus is saying, if you are going to follow me, Martha, church, if we are gonna be true Christ followers, then we're gonna have to learn to put a line in our lives between the myriad of the trivial and the truly important. He's saying, Martha, there is only one thing that is of essence. Life throws at us so many things that are utterly unimportant. And the purpose or the, the detrimental impact of the, the many trivial things, many unimportant things that get thrown at us is we can't see the wood for the trees and we lose our ability to see what's really important. It's true that for many of us, many times the urgent crowds out the important the, do, the doing replaces being. The goal overtakes the process. And the functionality of our relationships replaces intimacy in our relationships. And Jesus is challenging his followers. And he's saying, man, we cannot get caught up in that same craziness. If we are going to be followers of Jesus, 
we have to live different. This is a clear theme, not only in Jesus' conversation with Martha, but if you read the New Testament, in fact, read the Bible carefully, you'll find that this theme keeps coming back. Jesus is saying to us, we must mark a clear line in our hearts, our life, our priorities, between the myriad of the trivial things and the few really important things. In fact, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter four, and we're gonna take a look at for a moment at the parable of the sower, which Jesus said was the most important parable He ever told. And not only that, He said it's the parable that unlocks every other parable. And the Bible says that he, the farmer goes out and he sows his seed and some of it falls into what's called pathway soil. And that's a picture of people who've been trampled on in life. Then there's another type of seed that's thrown into stony soil, and that's a picture of people who have unsurrendered rights and pride in their life. And then the Bible says that another type of seed falls into soil where alongside the seed, there are also thorns and bristles and weeds that grow up alongside the seed, and they choke the seed, rob it of space, And because it has no room to breathe, that seed never produces fruit. Now, if you read down in Mark 4, Jesus gives us an interpretation of it. Let's read it. He says, the seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's Word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. Jesus is saying, man, in this person's life, what is unimportant and what is important is given equal space in the heart of the person. The trivial and the important take equal space, and because of that, that life never achieves what God wants it to achieve. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna live the kind of life where I get to the end of myself and I say, man, I spent my life doing, achieving, working, functioning, but when I look at the fruit, what really counts, I didn't really achieve that with my life. And Jesus is highlighting this for us, friends. He's saying, man, we cannot, cannot allow equal space for the trivial as for the important because there is nothing more insignificant for you and I to do than to know what is really important in our lives. The devil wants to distract us from focusing on what really matters. And if he can't make you evil, he'll make you busy. Hello? If you want to put this series of messages into one nutshell, and I hope this is helping somebody today, but I believe this whole series can be put in one nutshell, and the nutshell is knowing what is really important is really important. In our lives, figuring out the few things that we really care about, figuring out what we really want to do with this precious gift of life that God has given to us. Knowing what you want this day to mean for you is really, really important. Because there is a lot of pressure, and I reckon 
it's always been there, but I reckon it's just so obvious in our culture, don't you? People are literally sitting there taking you know, their notes on smart devices, and I'm not throwing you under the bus because I do the same thing when I'm in church, but one thing I do, I take notes on this device. It has no pop-ups because it's so true that what might change your life in the sermon is one minute away. And so is a Facebook status report. It can be that, you know, you can be so caught up. I mean, man, I, I feel at times like a total failure in this department. I'm not preaching this message to you like I've always been great at it. But it's so easy just to come home from work and see the pile of dishes and the pile of washing, perhaps, to see the, you know, the floor that needs to be cleaned and, and not realize that your three-year-old child is actually staring at you saying, I would just love some time with you on the floor right now. It's so easy just to get caught up in a massive lot of living all this activity and forget the thing that, you know, you're investing in your life. It's never, it's never easier to utilize your time than it is right now. Somebody needs to realize that. I reckon there are thousands of people, millions, billions of people in the world who think that next year they're gonna have more free time than this year. The knowing laugh is from everybody older. Because every year of your life gets busier. You will never have more time than you have right now. But if we're not careful, the trivial replaces the important, the myriad of things that people are gonna throw you away. And listen, the greater the success of your life, the greater pressure the devil's gonna put on you in order for you to lose sight of why God's given you that favor in your life. Knowing what is really important is really important. Contrary to what your to-do list tells you, what social media feeds you, what your calendar tells you, what advertising puts on you, what societal pressure makes you to believe, there are only a few things that at the end of our lives we will truly care about. And Jesus is saying there are few things that really actually matter. And we're challenged as Christians to find the really important the things that are of essence to our lives and devote ourselves to them so that we can get to the end of our lives and say, I did something that mattered with my life. Nobody ever got to the end of their life and go, wow, I really regret my quiet times. Nobody's ever gonna get to the end of their life and go, darn it, I should have updated my Facebook every hour. Nobody's ever gonna get to the end of their life and think, man, I should have spent less time with those kids. But if we're not careful, we allow all the stuff of our lives to replace what's really important. I'm not telling you clock out. I'm not telling you get out of life. I'm not telling you go back to the dark ages, go back to a little you know, dummy phone. Although I think for seasons of life, that could be a smart person because there are a lot of people out there addicted to the devices that are in our hands. And Jesus said, don't have any idols in your life. Hello, but I'm just throwing that out there. But I want you to know, that was a bit too painful, wasn't it? But the... But I want you to know that this is really important. Knowing what is really important is really important. Getting the essence of our lives clear is perhaps the most powerful thing that any person can ever do. 
First uh, Peter chapter four, the Bible's talking to us about our journey of following Christ and how it's not always easy. And in First Peter chapter four, verse two, talking about a life that's had some difficulty in it and the lessons you learn from going through difficulty, verse two picks it up and it says, as a result, he or she does not live the rest of their earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Have you ever found that when you go through hard times in life, you quickly work out what really matters and what doesn't? Because of this, as a result, he doesn't spend the rest of his life getting caught up in all these evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Don't exclude yourself from that, by the way. Detestable idolatry can be anything you love more than God. They think it's strange that you do not join with them in the same flood of dissipation. Flood of dissipation, and they heap abuse on you. God wants His followers to live a life that is so radically different that people think you're a bit strange because you don't care about the things that they care about. We've got three pictures. We've got Jesus and a meal and two sisters. Then we've got one thing that's really important and a lot of things that aren't. Then we've got a seed that is sown in the ground and a lot of things that come up around it, no fruit. Now we've got a picture of a third type of life and it's like a flood of dissipation. Dissipation just means to be spread so thinly that it makes no impact at all. Have you ever started to think about this year, 2016, and considered the fact that it is like a unit of water? A unit of water that is either gonna go in a consistent direction that will break through an obstacle, take you further, open up new ground in your character, life, marriage, career, walk with God, or we're just gonna allow our lives to be undisciplinedly spread out in a flood of dissipation and you get to the end. Have you ever got to the end of a year and asked yourself a question, wow, What did I really do with that time? What actually is better in my life as a result of 2015? This is the challenge that Jesus is laying at our feet. Here's another quote of Jesus. Mark chapter eight, verse 36. For what will it profit a man or a woman if they gain the whole world and lose their very soul to achieve everything in life but have nothing of essence? that ever impacts our today. Um, This message is really coming out of the journey that I've been on, which has been to say in my life, I wanna make sure that I'm able to draw a line in my heart and say, this is what really counts. These are the precious things that are gonna make my life better. And I don't want all the other stuff to cloud the truly important things that are gonna matter when I get to the end of my days. Um, You know, one of the things Jillian and I have had to do in our journey is is growing into the role of being the the pastors of this church. We've never done this before, so it's like a big journey for us too, you know, Uh, is to take serious stock at the way that we take holidays. I've been terrible at it. You know, I, I normally preach every Sunday that I'm on holiday, you know, I'm proud of it. And then suddenly realized that I was being an absolute idiot. You know what I mean? Like. I need a break from this like you need a break from my voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
That's too much laughter, shut up. That was not encouraging at all. So last year we finally, I think, got this right and we took, we took two years at a favorite place that we love very much and every day was like, oh, sorry, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> Prophesy two years in Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> two weeks at the spot that we love very much and we came home from the spot and we walked into our house and I think I can speak about this honestly and just say the moment we walked in, both of us were just depressed because we, we have been so busy in this journey of you know, trying to build this, this thing called Arise that our house just really paid a price for it. So we, you know, in fact, when we moved into the house we're living in now, it was three days before the first passionate conference ever. And all the staff came around to our house at five o'clock on a Monday night, I think, or a, or a Tuesday night. And we literally were moving from one number on the same street to another number on the same street. So people just picked up beds, carried them to the new house, and plonked them in the same room. Everything was just literally transported from where it was to the new. We, we never culled. We never like went through boxes. We just took all the rubbish and transferred it to the new house. So we walked in the door and like you opened a cupboard. Everything was like, <laughs> like falling out of it. Um, our garage was just overtaken. You couldn't park a car in it and it's a two-car garage. And we were just totally like, we're so fresh. And we got home and then we're just totally depressed. So I ran the office and I literally took another week of holidays. I said, we're gonna fix this thing. And we spent four days, I'm talking from eight in the morning until midnight, going through this house. We took trailer loads to the dump, masses of stuff to the Salvation Army. I think through the garage sales, we funded about 14 teenagers to go to a summer camp. I mean, if we didn't use it, if it hadn't been opened, we just got rid of it, it was gone. We took this house that was stuffed to the seams, the baby clothes and all the stuff that we'd accumulated. We have no high chair in our house, no porticot, no stroller. We got rid of the electrical appliances that one day maybe we were gonna actually use or fix. You know what I'm talking about? We got rid of all the stuff and just sent it away, got our house back to these little fundamentals. And it was amazing how just offloading a whole lot of stuff from our, from our world, from our, from our proximity, well, suddenly our home went from a place of anxiety or stress and suddenly it became this tranquil place where we could think, where we had room to breathe and to create. And you know what? Just like I had to empty my house and declutter my house, I think there's a lot of people here in this series that need to declutter their priorities, declutter their lives, declutter your heart. God does not have a plan for His followers that we live stressed out, anxious, worried, overburdened, tired. He has a plan for His followers that we know what's really important. We live our lives in line with what's really important. We discover the essence of life and because it, we are both fruitful and happy. That's a really good point. And I believe, I believe that this is God's will for us in our lives. You know, I found that it's easy to live your life for days, weeks, months, years with a gnawing feeling that things are not what they should be and that we're simply treading water. 
I think it's probably a lot of empathy out there that people can feel like we're repeating a cycle, going through endless motions of activity and doing all this stuff whilst knowing, sometimes right at the deepest recess of our mind, that our real purpose and what is really important to us are receiving little or no attention at all. They're dormant, not growing, or bearing fruit. And if that's you, my friend, like I can honestly say at times it's been me, then I believe this series is of crucial importance as we discover the essence of life. So I guess the big question is how do you discover the essence, right? So I'm gonna start this today. We're gonna have one point today. Then next week in every campus, campus pastors have got another message we're gonna do. And that's gonna be about, again, how to find the essence. And then on week three, we're gonna talk about how to live your essence, how to stay true to the essence of what your life really is all about and to make that the central thing so that our lives really do count. But I got one point just to sort of launch into it this morning and then we're done. How do we stay true or how do we find our essence in life? The first thing that we must do if we're gonna take Jesus' challenge seriously is we must worry about less. If there is a theme in everything Jesus is saying, in every passage that we've read this morning, and trust me, we could go to many, many more we would discover an overwhelming theme in what Jesus says to us. And His overwhelming theme is that if you follow Jesus, there should be a lot less that we allow ourselves to worry about. When Jesus leveled His challenge to Martha, the Bible says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. That's why you're missing the essence. And then when he talked about the parable of the sower, he said, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out. The essence is crowded out by the worries of this life. You know, will, I, will I find the right person to marry? Am I popular today? Will I get this project done? Will my house be presentable? Will, you know, will, will people like me? I mean, there's just so many things that come over us. I mean, let, let's just go through a list. People's opinions, competing agendas, tasks, deadlines. How about just the things we manufacture because of our pride, the need to look right, have right, be right, just because of our own pride or our covetousness that makes us reckon that if we just get that one more thing, that we'll really be happy and we're worried that we might not get it or we're worried that we might not achieve it. And I think many times, many times, many Christians I've spoken to are confusing their own personal ambition ambitions in life with the will of God for them in their lives. And so we're thinking, man, I gotta be the best, the greatest, get to the top, have more money, preach, lead, whatever. And we're confusing that with the will of God, which is not so much about the goal as it is about the process. Let us, it's not about what you do, it's about who you are becoming. And we gotta just stop worrying about all the rubbish that occupies our minds and our time. I've started a habit um, that I do pretty much every morning. I'm gonna be honest with you and say, over summer camp, this was a little challenging. But then, you know, Tent City was right behind my room. And let's just say Tent City stopped 
making noise somewhere around 2 a.m. and literally started at 5 a.m. and I am a light sleeper. I need to go on record, confess my sin and say one night I did get so angry I went down there and yelled at a couple of boys. I'm not proud of it, I shouldn't have done it. But it turns out I'm a strong leader with a choleric personality. May or may not have threatened to send some people home. In fact, true story, Andy, uh, I grabbed my, my phone, which I was using as a torch, I flicked it on my face and said, you're looking at the top of the chain of command here. We went back to my room and thought, that was not good. I, I should not have done that. Um, <laughs> but those mornings at summer camp, notwithstanding, I started doing something every morning. And I, I wanna challenge, or maybe, maybe not challenge, but encourage uh, everyone hearing this, this message to perhaps just consider giving this a try. I wake up every morning, I have a little diary, and every morning, I ask myself three incredibly simple questions. The first question is, what really matters for me today? I write that question out. The next question that I, I ask myself every morning is, how will I focus on what really matters? And then the third question I like to ask is, what have I learned from the last 24 hours? Because you know what I've found is that if I don't arrest my life before everybody else tries to and ask myself the question, what really matters today, then a whole lot of other things are gonna take the place of what actually really matters for me today. I found that if we're not careful, our to-do lists just keep getting bigger, right? But our what really matters lists, they tend to keep getting smaller. I've been doing this for several months. I've never ended up with more than five things on my what really matters list. Because at the end of the day, there is a whole lot of stuff that's gonna come your way and we're gonna take Jesus' challenge seriously. Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only a few things, one, Jesus said in this particular instance, that is of actual importance. Mary has chosen that and because she's chosen that, her life will, her, what, it will never be taken away from her. You know what I found is that a to-do list always invokes a feeling of stress. A what really matters list every day invokes amazing sense of tranquility and the peace of the Lord. Because at the end of the day, if I don't finish every task, but I stay true to what really matters, then my day has been a success. And I believe that that's the kind of life God has for us. I'm just aiming to worry about a whole lot less, amen? And in our lives, I believe that this is the greatest key, to worry about less. Just not worry about all of the rubbish that occupies our time, our minds, and our lives. The band are gonna come and join me up on stage. As most people would know, in our church family, Jillian and I have one of the leaky homes that's really been a massive challenge for so many New Zealanders and has literally mentally and emotionally destroyed the lives 
of tens of thousands of New Zealanders. And I personally believe that it should be a government problem and every leaky home should be repaired to a total standard and it shouldn't be passed on to the average household owner who doesn't know anything about construction. It's stupid. But anyway, I get back to my preaching. <laughs> Jillian and I had a leaky home and I remember being so worried, so worried that I was gonna lose the money that we'd bought that house with, that something was gonna happen with my job because you know if we lost the house, I wouldn't have enough money to remain financially solvent. And then could I be a trustee of the church? And you know, when you're worried, your mind spirals in a lot of stupid places. And I was worried and it was just such a big thing and it was just out of control and really just taking over my life. And I will never, ever, ever forget one of the greatest blessings that came to me. God gave me that trial to change me. I, I am more thankful that I had a leaky home than just about any event that's happened to me in the journey of Arise. I don't believe if that or another pressure hadn't come my way, I don't think I would have the inner fortitude to do the job that I now do because Arise was tiny compared to what it is now. I remember like in desperate times in the middle of the night and there were nights where I'd just pray and cry and it was just crazy. I remember right in the depths of it, when it really turned was one night when I just realized that you could take this house, you could take this church in terms of the job I have in it. You could take my role, you could take my pride, you could take my ministry, whatever that means. But you know, Jillian still loved me. My daughter still loved me. And my unborn child, my son at that stage, it was only my actions my actions that would ever take what really matters in life away from me. And at the end of the day, when you die, the house, the ministry, the reputation, the equity, it doesn't go with you. That's why Jesus said to us in the book of Luke, as we bring this to a close, in fact, Matthew, we're gonna do it from Matthew. Chapter six, verse 25, he said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life, essence, more important than food, and the body, who you are, more important than clothes? Verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all those things will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom. We'll talk about that in the rest of the series. But don't you worry about what everybody else worries about. I believe that this year is a tremendous opportunity. It's a blank canvas. I'm committed to not getting to the end of 2016 breathing a massive sigh of relief that I held on yet again and then confusingly going on holiday and asking myself, did I do anything worth doing? I reckon we start today. When you walk out into that foyer, will we be more concerned about touching base with every person that we think we need to touch base with in order to affirm our own sense of we are popular and friendly? Or will we ask ourselves, what really matters? With this day, 
with this gift of 2016. If we can focus on what really matters, find the essence, then this year, I believe, will be the best year you've ever had for your life, your marriage, your health, your friends, your future, as we live our lives in line with the essence. Come, why don't we bow our heads, let's pray together. And then I wanna pray for a specific group of people that are hearing this message today. Father, I thank You. I thank You for Your powerful challenge to Martha. And I feel so challenged by it myself. I pray, Lord, that You would give each and every one of us the courage to draw these lines between the myriad of the trivial and the truly important, between the stuff that doesn't really count and the stuff that counts hugely. Help us to worry less. I sought the Lord. That's really important. I sought the Lord. That's important. I sought the Lord and He delivered me from all my fears. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God that transcends our natural understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Help us to live our lives in line with the essence. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor John Cameron. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church, check out arisechurch.com or find us on YouTube.